This is the Chicago Golf Report podcast, hosted by Walter Liss. Today's guest is Andy Murray, chef and author of the book Eat, Drink, and Be Murray. I want to compliment you on the book, your book, Eat, Drink, and Be Murray. It's, from what I take, it's sort of a love letter to food in your family. But one of the things that really struck me was there's also this, this underlying thread to golf throughout the entire book and how much has it impacted yourself and your family. So I guess, can you talk a little bit about, um, I guess, the genesis for the book? What was the, what got you to that point that said, you know, we need to document this and talk about your your various, uh, all the components that go into it? Well, originally the story, this, the book started, I was cooking Thanksgiving dinner at Billy's house up in, in Charleston. And um, we had gone out the night before because he had been away and I I drove up there uh, he, from Florida and he, uh, he had nothing in the house, no food at all. So we had to go to the store. So we go to, we're going to the, the grocery store, you know, at nine o'clock at night, the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> and just loading up the cart. And uh, and he had said, well, there's going to be about eight people. So I got like this 12, 13 pound turkey and, and a turkey brush to go with it. Uh, and he comes over and he looks, he goes, oh, that's not big enough. I'm like, you're only eight people. He goes, well, there might be some stragglers who show up. And so he ends up finding this butcher, this, this girl butcher. And, and uh, he comes back and he's got a 26 pound turkey. And I'm like, oh, couldn't get in the refrigerator. So I just, you know, it, I put it on ice and put it in his sink and uh, uh, started it the next morning. But the next morning, so I started cooking. And a couple hours later, this woman comes in and she sits down and she's a very attractive woman. And she starts, she's nibbling on some on, on some celery sticks and some carrot. And uh, I, I'm hoping that she's going to help, you know, say, can I do something? And I'm going to say, yeah, do this, do that. But that didn't happen. And so at the end of the meal, she comes up to me and she goes, you know, that was one of the best dinners, one of the, the greatest looking Thanksgiving turkeys I've ever seen. And you ought to write a cookbook. And I'm thinking, oh, criminy, what's this girl thinking? Um, but it ended up being it was Karen Duffy, who was Duff on MTV, the VJ, and who has become a very good friend since. And she said, no, no, you got to talk to my agent. And I said, well, you know, I got a lot on my plate and uh, let's talk after the new year. And then the pandemic came and I'm thinking, and three different people in that point had told me, you know, within like three weeks that I should write a cookbook. So I, uh, I call up Karen Duffy and, and she goes, uh, oh yeah, I told Vig all about it. Vig is our agent, David Vigliano. And, uh, so I, I call him up and he goes, yes, I've heard about this. I like this very much. I'm going to do this. And and in three weeks, HarperCollins gave me a, a deal. So it was pretty great. But uh, yeah, but I had to keep, there's so much golf in my family, you know, from a very young age. Uh, you know, my older brothers, uh, we all went to Catholic schools and uh so they had gone to Loyola. Loyola had tuition and then to help pay the tuition, you know, my father died pretty young. Uh, and they would caddy and make money. And that's how the caddy thing. So then, you know, when, so Edward was the first caddy. 
and then Brian followed him, and then Billy followed him, and then I followed him. And uh, it was, you know, being at the golf course was great. It was, you know, it was, that's what my mother, you know, six o'clock every morning in the summer, get up, get to the golf course. So, but then, you know, Ed won the, the, the caddy scholarship, the Evans caddy scholarship, which was a huge deal. Uh, it's, uh, and it's still continuing. It's still a great, a great program. Um, the guys at the Western Golf Association are wonderful on that. Uh, but uh, yeah, he ended up going to Northwestern on this, uh, on a caddy scholarship. Whoa, you know, nobody, you know, thought Brian was like, he was going to, he was going to getting ready to, to go. He ended up going out to California, to go to school, but uh it was a big deal when I'd won that caddy scholarship. Yeah, I recently talked with Vince from the Western Golf Association, and there Vince in this, is a wonderful man. Yeah, just such a very open fella. In in the idea of the impact that's made by that scholarship and has been made since 1930 is is incredible. And so when you know I read about your brother Ed winning it. I, I wondered about that, like what an impact that had to make on your family, especially having a big family like this, the burden it oh, took. Yeah, and we, we got nine kids, Ed, Brian, Nancy, Peggy, Billy, Laura, Andy, John, Joel. I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot of us, you know. Yeah, one joined the convent, so we didn't have to worry about paying her tuition. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, it was a big deal. It really was a big deal. And then, you know, and because Northwestern was so close to us, uh being such a and such a great school but i became i'm a serious northwestern fan yeah love northwestern as you know as bad as they are in sports some years it's 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 our it's our team it's our big Ten team so i wanted to follow up back with the book it's it's a beautiful book it's a very easy read so it but it's much more than a cookbook so you're interlacing recipes along with stories about your life your family's life how did you come up with the idea to create this book that is this tale that kind of intertwines all those things? Well, you know, I have a friend of mine, Jen Weigel, who was, is a uh, uh, reporter, anchor, done everything on TV and, and, and radio and, and newspapers in Chicago. Um, she had written, she's written multiple books. And I said, I don't know how to write a book. And she said, well, you know, start telling me stories and let's let's figure this out. And uh, she would I would just go into these stories about food and restaurants where I worked and she would record them and then flush them out for me. And I was like, well, this is pretty good. I can actually tell a story. <laughs> I never thought I was much. But I, I never considered myself a storyteller, but uh, I'm getting better at it. One of the things you mentioned very early on in the book about is the idea that food is the great equalizer and how it can turn people's emotions around quickly, go in from being in a, in a bad place to a good place. But you also talk in the book about how food made an impact with you and your brothers when you're on the golf course and you got superstitious in terms of, okay, we can't eat that anymore. Um, how does, how do you think that food relates to golf and then can it, can it make a difference in a in a golfer's performance? And what do you how do you approach it? Uh, I you know I'm one of those people who, you know starts the morning with a, three cups of coffee and I'm out the door. But um, when you go to the golf course and you know you play nine holes, 
and I don't care what anybody says, it's exercise, it's, it's working out. Uh, and we would go, and we, this started really this idea of, you know, what we should eat at the halfway house was uh, my brother, Brian, we were playing, we play, we would play Rancho Park every Monday. We had a, like, you know, the busiest golf course in America at the time, and probably still is, but uh, we played every, every morning every Monday morning and uh, at the halfway house, we always ended up getting hot dogs and, uh, and our, our game just wasn't happening and we couldn't understand it. And one day Brian said, that's it. I'm not eating hot dogs anymore. We're going to, we're going to hard boiled eggs, hard boiled eggs. I like hard boiled eggs. And, you know, and then I said, is that going to be enough? But it, it is one hard boiled leg and you, th you know, because they always got onions and stuff for the hot dogs on the side. You put the onions on, you put some hot sauce on. And all of a sudden our games got better. They really did get better. Uh, so <laughs> I haven't had a hot dog on a golf course in a long time. But, but you know, there's other things that, you know, grilled cheese sandwiches. There's, uh, you know, certain places that, you know, they've got a flat top in there and they'll make you a grilled cheese sandwich. And that's that's you can split that with somebody and and it's almost as good as a hard boiled egg with onions <laughs> so one golf course that you're connected with you're certainly families connected with is such a unique place in chicagoland it's canal shores golf course can you talk a little bit about um the correlation with you your family and you know what what your feelings are for canal shores Canal Shores is where we got to play when we were kids and we weren't any good. You know, when we were caddying in Indian Hill, you know, Monday's was caddy day and you get out there. But, you know, it's not it wasn't an easy course. And, you know, nobody was teaching how to play at that point. Um, so we would go to, to Canal Shores and, and it was Edward Jan called Edward Jan at that point. But um, we always called it Canal Shores because it's right on the, the Chicago Sewage Canal there. And that's how the name came about. And they eventually did change the name to it. But uh, I mean, we, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, a, a serious golf course. It was, it was, a, but it was, you could play as a kid, you could play and you could learn how to play. Uh, you know, you grab, you carry your own bag or grab a cart, uh, not a, a pull cart. Um, and then eventually you know, the halfway house there came up. Uh, they needed somebody to run the halfway house. And Billy stepped up and said, hey, you know, I'd really like to do that. And uh, I'll have my own. I'll be a businessman. And it was, you know, it was great because all I, I would ride my bike over and say, yeah, what's, what's for lunch? You know, that's when I did eat hot dogs at, at the golf course it was when they were free. Uh, but, yeah, I, you know. He'd give you two hot dogs and a bag of chips, Coke, and say, "Here, hit the road. I got to make some money." Here comes another foursome. But <laughs> Canal Shores is a wonderful course, and we have a we we do a golf course there. My brother Joel with Betsy Shepard, a few other people, uh, and we do it for first responders. And we basically we we bring in uh, these first responders who've just had terrible tragedies. You know, they've dealt with uh, these kids getting shot up and 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 the 9-11 firemen and and we we fly them in we put them up in a hotel we entertain them for three days mostly it's a lot of drinking involved and then we play golf and we have the best time and canal shores is such a weird course because it's in between streets 
you know, and so each hole is, it's just a little bit different. You better, you if you can't hit a straight shot, you can be in trouble. Or you could be over looking at, you know, where the nurses at Evanston Hospital live and, you know, kind of hustle them. But that, sometimes it works, not very often. So one of the great, I think, discussions that golfers have in the Chicagoland area is who would be on the Mount Rushmore of Chicago golf, right? And there's usually the names that come up are, say, Chick Evans, George May in the 1950s, Joe Jemsek, the Jemsek family. But as I was thinking about all the impact the Murray family has made in golf, you talked about being caddies, the Evans Scholarship. One of the quintessential golf movies written by your brother starred in with your family. Golf theme restaurant that you have a location in in Rosemont. Your relationship to Canal Shores. Your charity golf tournaments. And then every February, everybody's reminded when your brother is front and center at Pebble Beach. And so I would say that you could, your family could really make a good claim to be on that Mount Rushmore of Chicago golf. How does your family kind of, I mean, do you guys still... Is that is golf a centered topic for a lot of your discussions? Uh, we talk about it quite a bit. It's like, well, are you playing? What are you? Are you bringing your clubs? Are there going to be clubs there I can borrow? It's, it's basically one of those. That, do I want to bring clubs on the golf on the plane and and go out there? I'm going out to uh, California next week, and uh, I'm thinking, wow, do I need clubs? But I'll be Billy's got a place there. I could probably steal a set of his. And uh, that's my plan right now. But the Mount Rushmore, eh, you know, it's you got to have a pretty big ego for that. <laughs> so let's uh, finish up with a couple uh, quick questions. Simple, easy. Um, first of all, uh, favorite golf courses in the Chicagoland area. What what uh, courses could be public, could be private. Obviously, Canal Shores, any other Canal places? Shores is there. North Shore Country Club in Glenview, Indian Hill and Winnetka, of course. Uh, uh, you know, I, the problem is I'm down in Florida so much. I don't get to play as much as I want to in Chicago. Um, Sunset Ridge. Uh, these are all horses my friends belong to, and I get to play for free. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I, but I do like the courses. And they're always, you know, even sometimes, you know, there's not so, so many hills in, in, in the Chicagoland area on some of these golf courses. But um North Shore and Sunset Ridge, boy, they can toughen up their courses real fast. And uh, all of a sudden you're shooting 87, 89, 99, what? So it's, uh, yeah, you can, you, can, you can go south real fast there. So then you mentioned Florida, you mentioned California. What about courses outside of Chicago? What are your favorites? Well, I belong, I'm lucky enough, I belong to Sleepy Hollow Country Club in New York. And that's a wonderful course. It's, it overlooks the Hudson River. Uh, Gil Hans did a redo on about uh, six years ago, seven years ago. It is really hard. Actually, they're having the mid-amateur there the, this year. So it's uh, it's really turned into a wonderful, wonderful course. Uh, Westchester Country Club, I love that. Um, Indian Creek in, in Miami Beach is a fabulous course. It's, it may have the best locker room I've ever been in it's it's like a cathedral it really is uh you know it's you know down here i i play the king and bear and the slammer and squire at the world golf village i play them a lot uh because i'm a member here and uh but i think they're they're wonderful king and bear you know uh, uh 
uh, Arnold Palmer and uh, Nicholas uh, designed that. And that's the only course they both designed together. The Slammer and Squire, they say, well, it's a resort course, but you know, it's, it's narrow. So you better have a game that you can hit a straight ball. It's not that easy. It's not a resort course in my opinion. <laughs> so final question, uh, bucket list golf courses. Are there any places that you haven't played that you're like, oh, I'd love to get out there? Oh, God. Yeah, there's some. Uh, uh, Alpine. Yeah, Seminole. Seminole is one I'd really like to play. Coghill I'd like to play. Uh, uh, and Medina. Those, I've been invited to play Medina and a couple times, and I just, it's, I've always got something going on. But uh, it's not that easy. I, I understand. So, <laughs> but, you know. And then the, the obviously the, the last question, and everybody always kind of defaults to this. I think it's the pinnacle. Have you ever played Augusta National? I've never played Augusta National. Uh, you know, and it drives because my Joel has, my brother Joel has, and Billy, of course, has. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't played it, and, and uh, I'd really like to play it. You know, I got then, you know, down here, I got, you know, I play the players. Uh, course and eh, you know it's a it's a hard course but um, except for those weeks you know the month couple you know the month before and the month afterwards uh, it's in fabulous shape but you can never get on it then uh, and it is like 500 bucks to play but it's like yeah I'll play the king bear 